mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Synonauts! Hey, this is Ian. And this is Catcher. And welcome back to another episode of Synonauts, exploring the Criterion. Catcher and I promised everyone some special surprises here on our boomless summer. And we've done it. We finally got him here. The pod daddy himself. Our (laughs) old pal Slim. What do you have on him, Ian? That we finally managed to get him on the show. What is, what happened? This is the first time I think I've ever been asked. That's the thing. I think this might be the very first. It took 75 episodes for me to get a friggin' invite onto this podcast. But yes, I am here. It's a pleasure oh to God. be here. Slim, of course, of uh, 70 millimeter fame, uh, of course, of our fellow Take Deck Pods. I mean, if you listen to this, you've probably heard 70 millimeter. At the very least, you've seen mm. me share it or one of our accounts shared on somewhere, but we're honored right. to have you, Slim. It's, uh, it was great to be here. I don't know how I'm going to follow up Maggie and Solo <laughs> from the last episode, the scandalous thoughts that I uh, made a mental note to bring up for this episode, but I'm excited to talk about the greatest movie in the Criterion. And that, of course, is 1987's RoboCop. Uh how we came about choosing this movie, I think I just saw it and I grabbed it. And then Catcher and I were like, we should just do Robocop. You want to ask Slim? And I honestly was like, I mean, Slim's pretty busy. He's got uh, 70 millimeter. He's got the letterbox show. He's got Apex, uh, new season. He's a busy boy right now. Uh, but lo and behold, he has joined us for what I believe is his favorite movie of all time. Number one on your top four number one and i had the criterion dvd in my collection many years ago i don't i don't think i have it anymore but this was before i even knew what the hell the criterion was i just thought it was like criterion edition i was like yeah it's it's a cool looking design i guess that's criterion i don't know and it's been one of those like one of them that hasn't really been reprinted i'm pretty sure like it's been kind of hard to find criterion editions of this and i think it's because like actually you said in i think the village 70mmpod.com, the VHS Village. Like you said, like every six months, just a new cult, a cult classic. It's another like steel case re-release or whatever. And Robocop absolutely falls into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, there's the Arrow 4K. I think you got the Arrow 4K I did, and it looks, we'll talk about it in a bit, but it looks incredible. Mm. Uh, But before we get to that, let's let's catch up a little bit. Slim, are you allowed to spoil what you have uh, been viewing this week? Ahead of uh, 70 millimeter. This comes out on Friday. Uh, yeah, I was actually looking at my diary to see uh, Synonauts related. I watched Hedwig and the Angry oh, Inch nice. for the first time because I did not watch it when you guys did the episode. You folks did the episode. Mm. Um, but uh, one of our guests had this in her top four. So I added that. I watched that. She's the director of um, a movie that's going to be hitting Shudder. I think next week's called Glorious. It's about like a demigod glory hole. Uh, takes place in a Amazing. wait. Are you serious? Bathroom. <laughs> yeah, J.K. Simmons stars as like this demon behind a stall that's talking to this guy <laughs> on the other side of a glory that's hole. Oh my God. Um, 
so I liked I love the songs in Headway. Yeah. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, and then uh, I watched Emily the Criminal with Aubrey Plaza, our girl, our queen. Uh, she's fantastic. She's great in this movie. This, so I, I was saying on, um, I was talking to Mitchell at Letterboxd. I was like, I'm one of those dweebs that loves like Parks and Rec, Aubrey. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. everyone wants to marry Aubrey right. from Parks and Rec, but her acting in this really opened up my eyes like big time. Like she's really good and she's awesome in this movie. So yeah, I caught that stars. at Sundance, uh, this year or digitally at Sundance this year. I really, really liked it. Uh, agreed. She's like, she has that quirky, like Aubrey Plaza quirkiness to her, but mm-hmm. I think it's elevated in like a different way in this. Did you ever watch, um, Ingrid goes West? No, I don't think I've seen any of her like okay. acting outside of uh, child's play. You should check out Ingrid Goes West. Really good. Mm. It's like kind okay. of in the same similar vein. I, I think you'll enjoy it. She plays uh-huh. a, um, she is like a girl who is obsessed with this like Instagram influencer. And so she becomes an influencer herself, but to become friends with this person. So oh. it's, it's really, yeah, it's really good. I recommend you add it to your uh, watch list on letterbox.com. Catch her. Have you ever seen her in Child's Play? No. I, I, when you said that, I was like, what? I had no idea she was in Child's Play. <laughs> is she a kid? She must be a kid. Or is this like. <laughs> she plays the mom. She's the mom. The, like <laughs> kid that gets the Chucky doll. Wait, what? It was. It's a pretty dark. Like, re, I guess they try to reboot it, but I don't know if there was like licensing issues. So it's like out of canon officially. Oh, I'm, look, I'm it looking. It came out in two, right 2019. Now. And Mark Hamill is Chucky. Is that right? <sighs> I if I'm not mistaken, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Place Yeah, check. what the I hell? It was pretty fun. It's a two point seven uh, average on Letterboxd, but I gave it three and a half stars. Yeah, you got to give okay. movies like that. You know, yeah, those have a wide range. Some good gore. Oh shit! Yeah. You know? I had no idea. That's gotta give it up for the gore. That's awesome. I have to check this out now. <laughs> uh, what are you? What are y'all watching for? 70 millimeter this week the ep- the next episode that's coming out for 70 mm is going to be akira for mm. the animated summer the theme for the month is animation and my pick is the next episode so i picked akira akira lost the supporter vote uh due to <laughs> you know we don't have to get into the politics of how the vote transpired it's not worth going deep on the criminality of what took place. <laughs> My understanding is you would have no but, idea at all. You should have absolutely zero idea what happened behind no, no. the scenes. Slim. No. Uh, if you think well, they're we, not we tracking. an investigation oh, I see. into what took place. Okay. So we had to open up the audit logs of Discord. <laughs> the, we exported the voter names and emails, and that's how we figured out that someone, someone whose name that rhymes with Liam... <laughs> Uh, voted twice. I so, names. <laughs> I will acknowledge it was me. And I will also say, I actually haven't said this to keep up uh, kayfabe in the village. <laughs> I actually didn't realize. So my, whatever I'm logged into on Patreon on my desktop is different than what's on my phone. Oh. So like, I actually voted twice, not realizing I voted twice <laughs> uh, until after the fact. And so the, uh, like our, our friend Chuck Forsman, the co-host of Bat and Spider, he, I actually thought I hadn't subscribed to his Patreon because he posted this cool Ninja Turtles thing. I was like, what the, like, I thought I subscribed oh, and then I went yeah. to my phone and I had it on my phone, but not on my desktop. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is the official story. Uh, you've heard us talk about the VHS Village. Uh, it's an awesome place. You can go talk to 
Catcher Me Boom were in there all the time. Mm-hmm. Slim, 70 Millimeter, other Tape Deck folks, a whole bunch of other like podcasts, just a bunch of great movie and pop culture lovers. So check them out at uh, 70mmpod.com. Yeah, we have a channel in the Discord. I post the artwork early for the episode every week, as long as I can That's get right. it done fast enough. Oh, I can't wait to see the art for the RoboCop episode. Yeah, I, there's some things I've got going on. I'm really excited. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Uh, Catcher, what did you watch this week? Uh, well, Boom. Did you watch anything? Yeah, this week? Boom was here. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I know what you watched this week. Yes. So we were hanging out, and it was just the two of us. My brother and his fiance were glamping on an island, and uh, mm. we're sitting around. We're like, we need to go watch a movie. Like we're together, we need to go watch a movie. And the only thing that was playing at the theater is was Elvis which I was not very excited about. I was like, I'd rather just not see a movie than watch Elvis. That was sort of my mindset going into it. I'm not an Elvis fan to begin with. Uh, sure. Austin Butler's face just on the red carpet for this entire like mar- like marketing push was just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. But I was like, him saying he started talking like he feels like he just has to talk like Elvis from now on actually made me not watch yeah, the movie. Yeah. Like hearing Inspiring. those, those words come out. Yeah. In my mouth. Deep, His mouth was like, inspiring. Yeah, that's basically that's literally the exact same reason I was totally against it. But I was like, the worst case scenario, we have a terrible time and we have fun watching a terrible movie. Best case scenario, I'm surprised and I have a good time. And so we went and uh, somewhere like in the middle, but closer to had a good time. Like um, nice. his performance is surprisingly good. Um, it is way too long. I am sick and tired of musical biopics. Like, this is just a genre mm-hmm. that needs to die, go away for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. truly new to mine from that genre, I don't think. Um, the the mining is Oscar nominations. That's that, I what get, the mining yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I guess that's true. Uh, good luck, Tom Hanks. I can't see anyone want to <laughs> nominate that guy in that role, which is too bad because it's hilarious. I don't know if it's not, like, award-worthy, but it is something to behold while watching um it's just long and it it sort of chickens out on its own ideas of like trying to it wants to try and sort of uh figure out the role of like his whiteness and stealing black music like they sort of want to start to talk about it and then they chicken out and it Mm. and by the end the last part, like the last thing in the movie is like, you know, when they do like words, you know, like this is what happened, you know, Elvis, it's like Elvis became the most successful artist in all of history. And you're just like, okay, so you don't care about what you were talking about in the slightest. Uh, So it's whatever I would say, if you like Elvis, go and watch it. If you want to see an interesting performance, like go and watch it. But it's like, it's otherwise it's nothing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't talking about that, but I'm glad you watched that. You watched Ambulance. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Slim, have you seen Ambulance yet? By the God. I have not seen Ambulance, Slim. but I saw oh. photos posted in the Discord of Catcher reacting to Ambulance, and it was like the Hugh Jackman fountain <laughs> yeah. meme in that living room. Pretty much. It's hilarious. It's like... Yes. It's... Yeah, you have to watch it. It's like Michael Bay, like, but it's like worth watching. Like uh, okay, Michael Bay is always worth watching. No, but it's like we've had to deal with his Transformers movies for like the last decade. Yeah, and it's nice to have like in a weird way to say this, like 
restrained Michael Bay uh, in a in a weird way. Like it's not restrained; it's crazy, but it's not like it takes place in, in an ambulance. Like you know, it's like yeah, it takes place on right. Earth. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that I loved. I think it's it's yeah. I think it's a fun time. I think it's a really fun time. It's totally insane, yeah. Slim. If Wasn't you, this like people were saying like Michael Bay discovered drones? In yeah, I mean like there that. are a yeah. lot of drone shots, like a lot. I ima- I imagine he just like pants around his ankles. He, he and just couldn't stop doing it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, he was loving yeah. it. Uh, really top tier Gyllenhaal performance. Uh, it's mm. worth the. There's watch. a lot of people ragging on Gyllenhaal well, for the roles he takes. A lot of a lot of Gyllenhaal rag. Yeah. Well, that's, happening right now. Those are the Taylor stands coming out of the woodwork trying to bear him across. <laughs> all, all Didn't forms he of allegedly media. like start dating her when she was real? What's the backstory there? Is this, is this even so no, not safe? So they were they were People Magazine the podcast. Then, like, What's happening right now? Let's just leave <laughs> yeah, Jake. Alone. They were dating, and when they broke up, he kept her scarf, something like that, and so she wrote a song about no. it, wow. and you know, some something, something like that. Unreal. That's not yeah. real. Um, let's see. On my end, I actually inadvertently channeled Slim over the last couple of days. Oh, I watched. I, I've rekindled my flame for Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, I know. Slim's uh, favorite, favorite martial art artist yeah. film. Yeah, he's, he's right? up there yeah. for sure. I uh, watched Time Cop. <clears throat> uh, I thought it was, I thought I liked Time Cop a lot. I hadn't seen that. I don't think I'd ever seen it or maybe I not seen it in a while. Um, I wish it was like, it was cool, but the action sequences were, were directed kind of funny. Like lots of mm. cuts. You actually don't see that much fighting. Um, and then I like had to go back to Bloodsport and mm, God, it's so good. I it's mean, so good. <laughs> unreal five banger Bloodsport. <laughs> it's so amazing. I saw I that mean, at I a birthday party fighting movies. in elementary school. What? Bloodsport. Really? And it just, I just remember it being awesome, but I haven't seen it since then. So I have, I have to maybe go back and watch it. You need to rewatch it. There's a 4k transfer. I just rented it on iTunes. Yeah. Um, I am on a self-imposed physical media ban. So self-imposed, self-imposed or <laughs> self-imposed, self-imposed. Yeah. Uh, physical media ban. Um, but it looks great. That, that whatever's on iTunes. So I'm sure the 4K disc like looks really good. Mm. But love that movie. And then I, Actually, I, I look. Sorry to interrupt. I looked at my Bloodsport review because I watched it in February. Mm. I asked if it was one of the greatest films ever made, and my wife made a scrunched Kermit face during the entire movie. <laughs> despicable <laughs> great movie and then i watched to high controversy petite maman oh yeah the oh, celine siama film so i just didn't i mean i loved 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 portrait of lady on fire i hadn't seen the film she did before that love portrait of lady on fire really want to see petite maman but uh, w- when it came out here in Seattle, it was like only in theaters like a week or two. And it was in the art house theater. That was like kind of far away. So it was, you know, with the newborn, it was hard to navigate those waters. So finally watched it. And I just was like disappointed with it. Something. I mean, I'm in the mi- clear minority, clear minority mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. enjoyment of that film. But I thought it was like slow. And I didn't like the way like everyone spoke very monotone and like the same speaking patterns something about it just didn't like really entice me that much i don't know they're french yeah they're french <laughs> but uh i was called heartless by multiple people uh in our friend circles so i do deeply apologize to everyone what, but did you give that three stars or three and a half i gave it, it i gave it two and oh a half oh my god 
<laughs> I didn't even realize. That's the lowest rating I'd ever seen for I, that movie. I mean, yeah. Let's see. If I go on Letterbox, the curve. Let's see who the curve is. I mean, it's at four. Two and average. a half. Two percent of people gave it two and a half stars, and I am unfortunately in that two and a half world. I got to throw up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Catcher, when are you seeing that? Have you seen no, it yet? not yet. I haven't. I'm stuck on an island, so with very little free time. <laughs> we need to send you like some DVDs on a boat or something. Like once a month, there's like a shipment of goodies that gets sent to you. Yeah, or like the- a guy comes out in like orange gators and a, and a fisherman's hat. <laughs> Here you go. With a yet- Here's your French foreign film. Good luck. <laughs> Nerd, and he flings it at you like a frisbee. Yeah, yeah. It goes in the water. You got to fish yeah, it out. exactly. <laughs> Soon. But well, especially now that Ian dropped that, I was like, well, now I have to see it because this is crazy. So. I mean, it had all the pieces I would like, I would love in a movie. Like, it looked really pretty. The story, like, the plot was very interesting, but, like, the performances, nothing nothing grabbed me. Um, but check it out. Obviously, your your mileage may vary wildly differently from mine. I was like, yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't even want to comment <laughs> further on this. It's, it's five fine. banger. Ian, did you watch Prey yet or what? No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Maybe next I'm, week. Maybe I'm, next week. I know. Well, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, the issue is Tara doesn't like her. Her uh, tolerance for like violence is pretty has has dwindled over the last few years, and so I checked with uh, our friends, and they all said it's pretty violent, pretty gory. So I've just like avoided watching mm. it with her. Um, but we like watching movies and TV shows at night together. So I'd, I never want to be like, hey take a hike i'm gonna watch this movie you have no interest in um so i'll watch it this week or next okay. and then you know we'll see <laughs> another two and a half star review this is what in. i'm afraid of this is what i'm afraid of no 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 <laughs> no the pieces are there for me to love it also uh, <clears throat> but let's get into robocop uh which for those who haven't seen it according to letterbox this is uh uh, this is from 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Part man, part machine, all cop, the future of law enforcement. Uh, and a, this is a great synopsis, by the way, whoever wrote this in Letterbox. In a violent, near-apocalyptic Detroit evil corporation, Omni Consumer Products wins a contract from a city government to privatize the police force to test their crime eradicating cyborgs. The company leads street cop Alex Murphy into an armed confrontation with crime lord Bodicker. Bodecker? Bodicker. Bodicker. Uh, bot, is it Bodicker? <laughs> Bodicker. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Bodicker. Uh, so they can use his body to support their untested Robocop prototype. But when Robocop learns of his company's nefarious plans, he turns on his masters. Uh, n- popular lists on letterboxes that's featured in. Uh, the first one, this is a trend in Cynonauts. I think we're actually like, s- since we started this segment, like six for seven of the world is hell, hopeless cinema. It's mm. on there, catcher, per <laughs> usual. Uh, what is reality? Question mark. Um, lots of, uh, you know, thousand greatest movies you have to watch, top 100 lists, uh, anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist, anti-fascist canon. Uh, mm. All those. Oh, Edgar Wright's a thousand favorite movies. So a lot of fun ca- lists that's is involved in. So if you haven't watched it, get a vibe of it. That's where they lives. Uh, but right now, Let's hop into our time machines. So let me better do it here. And travel back to like 1982, where uh, 
uh, a screenwriter, Edward Newmeyer, and Slim, obviously, please feel free to jump in if you need to correct me on anything. Uh, a fellow named Edward Newmeyer, he, he watched a movie called The Blade Runner. Um, and when he was watching it, he actually thought the, the, the robots in this movie do not look like robots. Um, and I want to do something like that. And then I guess in the theater, he thought of the name Robocop. He's like, I'm going to make a movie about that and started writing an outline. Uh, and then not too much longer, he actually came across another guy named Michael Miner, who was writing a movie called Supercop. And the two of them combined movie ideas to what is now uh, Robocop, essentially. Um, it was written to be like, uh, obviously, you know, an answer to sci-fi that felt more scientific. And the original draft was like set place in the 2040s, something like that. Uh, and then along came the director, Paul Verhoeven, uh, who was, became attached to the project. I'm not quite sure how he got attached um, in particular, but I know when he read the script, he actually had like his English was pretty poor and didn't understand like American pop culture. So he actually had to have like a dictionary and sort of like an unofficial translator alongside him, like to help him like work through the script and get through some of the subtext of the content. And like his big takeaway was that like it just needs to be like more violent because I guess his like thoughts of America was like everything was bigger and everything was more violent, which is pretty hilarious. Um, so he got signed to the project. They were looking to, uh, cast Arnold as Alex Murphy as RoboCop, uh, Keith Carradine, uh, Michael Ironside. And they finally landed on the man with the best lips in Hollywood, at least at that time, <laughs> Peter Weller, uh, which was important because his lips actually are like a key plot device, uh, in the movie. Um, the, the movie was shot in 1986 with an $11 million budget. Uh, went on to make $53 million in um, the box office and has since become spawned off a whole bunch of uh, uh, sequels, uh, a remake, video game franchises, arcade games, all that sorts of stuff. And um, what's interesting to me is that, so I had only seen this movie, like my memory of it was I, was, I would watch it or see TV versions of it at my friend Alex's house and I would watch like the Terminator at it. He had an older brother. So we'd watch like the Terminator there and like RoboCop. And so I popped this in having not seen it in, you know, 20 plus years, uh, this director's cut. And my initial thought was like, how was this even ever on TV? Like, mm. this is extremely violent and dark and gory. Uh, and, you know, I looked it up and, and the shocking part to me was that the, uh, you know, the, the director's cut, is what, what the initial plan was, all sorts of gore violence, and the original cut was much more toned down because they, they were being threatened with like an X rating, something like that. Um, but what was really interesting to me is that this movie could have been made like today. I mean, you could say that like about a whole bunch of sci-fi, but like in the ways that it talks about corporation takeover and obviously uh, police, uh, the militarization of police and corporations, all that sort of stuff. And so what, what I love asking about to guests or people who love movies for so long of their life is like slim. How has this movie shifted its tone for you since you watched it? Like when you were younger and the countless amount mm -hmm. of times where you've watched it up until, you know, this week or whenever you watched it. I think when I was a, when I was a kid, the, the idea of like a robot cop was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like a super robot cop who like just annihilated criminals. I was like, this is cool. I want this toy and I needed that gun. Yeah. And like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I thought it was funny too, it, as a yeah. kid, like the, 
I probably was laughing and not getting it, but like the news briefs, the mm-hmm. media break stuff was like a funny little side gag in the movie. And then over the years, you start to like unearth different layers about the movie, about like capitalism run amok and the politics of the city and the police force and the like the desensitization of violence in general. Mm. And I know like Verhoeven, I think makes that like a big thing. And I remember one other nugget of like him reading the script and not getting it. I think he like passed on it and his wife read it Mm. and brought it back to him. I was like, you need to read this or like, let's go through this together because there's something. So his wife was like the pseudo translator. I I believe so. Yeah. Um, So over the years, it, like and you're right people do say like oh this movie is so timeless and can be made today like there's there's almost like there's a few like slurs in it that they could easily cut out um but there's it's like perfectly attuned to modern Mm -hmm. day after 40 years and it's like insane um and i and i I looked at the letterbox average still like 3.9 which is high but like I, i i it's it's wild to me like some people like don't get robocop or like i see people that like watch it and don't get it and then i see people that watch it be like oh my god like this is a perfect film for today and it's <laughs> yeah. just like the total opposite ends of the spectrum uh catcher had you seen robocop before you have right like re- like recently like within the last year for like the first time in a serious way and then but before that like maybe here or there, like maybe in the background on TV or something. Like my only real connection to Robocop growing up was like my grandparents went to Italy and came back and brought me a Robocop action figure. Why? Mm. I have no idea. Not a clue. But they did. And it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Like Robocop, to this day, watching the movie yesterday or two days ago, is still like one of the coolest looking designs ever like in film it is rad Mm. and um Mm. so like it was just fun to like sit down and watch it and realize like this is actually a blast and super fun to watch and i enjoyed it so much more this even within the last year i'd seen it it's even more fun now i've enjoyed it so much more this second viewing it's so fun it's so quick Uh, like it moves at like such an amazing pace like I think, yeah. Ian, like, you know, like, having to watch movies for this podcast sometime can be such a slog because they're so long. They're great, but they take forever. Deep deep apologies. Yeah. Um, those are some <laughs> of my favorite movies, you know? Like, but yeah. getting a chance to watch something that is, like, still, like, as, you know, as smart and fun as this movie is at such a, pr- like, at such a pace, it's so refreshing and fun. And like you guys said so on point for like what's happening and what we're talking about culturally now it just almost makes you sad because you realize we've sort of been like having these discussions for how many years now and like no change has happened since then uh so that's kind of depressing but otherwise it's like it's it's really wonderful and i think probably the reason why people sort of like bounce off of it is because they just I can see them feeling like it's cheesy in some way or another, but like Mm -hmm. if you're actually paying attention to it, like phone down, watch the movie, like it's something really cool and special, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the dialogue is super, super Mm -hmm. sharp. Like, especially the way like Slim talked about, I loved how the news, the newsreels not, or like the commercials and stuff like open up the movie sets up the world. And I love how it kind of pushes the world along a little bit, Mm -hmm. how, 
you kind of see it in the background of certain things like in the 7-Eleven or, or the, you know, the the convenience store, how they're watching that TV show and all sort of stuff. It just kind of shows you what kind of world people are living in. Um, and I think that's a super, super smart way to evolve it. Like, cause I think, you know, for the, I love sci-fi, but I hate when sci-fi movies are like, you know, the year is 20, you know, mm. 2037 and XYZ things has happened and they do like a really, <clears throat> you know, they give you like a fake history as to how like the world got to where it is. But in this, like you don't, especially since it's in like the pseudo future or there's not even, there's not even a date. There's no year. It's just like, it's just could be just today. Right. For all we know. Um, just with like some technological advances. Like I think it was cool how it's established like that because it, it does help it maintain its longevity because some movies like, I mean, 2001 takes place in 2001 obviously <laughs> that is not how the world is at the moment you know i love and 2001 your infamous, your infamous thoughts on blade runner 2049 are well well noted exactly apologies catcher uh, uh, <laughs> the, the the media breaks too well, some of my favorite stuff are those you know faux news briefs that interject in the movie like they they talk about like that peace station that laser <laughs> up in the up in space is like just launched and then like tragedy struck today when the when the laser accidentally shot and killed 118 people uh, among them two former presidents <laughs> right. yeah. so and then they just like move right to the next blip it's yeah. like it's not it's like a nothing in society these yeah. moments and it's so funny and that's when i kind of got tuned in to like what the movie was going to be about because i actually also thought it was going to be the fun campy like violent movie not as violent as i it even turned out to be but like when that happened, I was like, okay, like I can, I can see where this is going. And then it jumps to like boardroom scenes of like, you know, this company OCP playing, you know, buying the military and buying the, the police force and all sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so cool to see. Uh, and like, again, sadly, like believable. Ooh, and yeah. of course the fact that it takes place in Detroit just like heightens like <laughs> right. all the reality of it. Yeah. The, um, uh, I, I, I went back to, because I remembered a news brief that I had a memory of from the Robocop TV show, Prime Directives, short-lived TV series, mm. which is like, you know, not great, but it's it's a Robocop TV show, so you get what you can get. <laughs> but one of the news briefs talks about how there's a war and some of the soldiers coming back are brain dead and they like put them on ice and they're like, and now you can support and pay for these brave vets with $5,000 to keep them on ice mm. so that one day they can come out and like you can pay to have like your name on the vet and then, like, I think a couple episodes later, they announced, like, oh, and unfortunately, the military freeze program didn't get enough money, so all those vets are now dead. So and then they, they move over to, like, the next thing. It's pretty funny. Oh, oh that's Patreon. We've been doing, doing that for 70 millimeter in 80 years. Keep the podcast alive. <laughs> Keep the hosts alive on ice. Keep them on ice, yeah. <laughs> the other thing, like, another thing that caught up to me is that, like, this movie is deeply, deeply American and directed by someone who is very not American. Mm -hmm. And and look, I know Slim, you're a big Verhoeven guy, and Catcher, you are too, I believe. Mm -hmm. Like looking, I haven't seen too many Verhoeven movies. Let me take a look at his uh, page here. Total Recall. Yeah, so I've Starship seen Starship. Yeah, I've seen Troopers. Starship Troopers. Total Recall. I've seen Showgirls. I remember bits and pieces, and I've like kind of seen Basic Instinct. But like his movies are mostly about like the American, like the heightened American experience, which is always like fascinating to me that sometimes it takes like people outside of America to sort of like reflect back in a very like crude 
way back towards, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that something that also grew on you, Slim? Just like as you kind of dug into Verhoeven's uh, filmography? Well, yeah, I, I love I think he's my favorite science fiction director. Mm-hmm. Like Total Recall is incredible. Starship Troopers on multiple rewatches as a, you know, as of like maybe five or 10 years ago that I've come to a, super appreciate that one. That one's in the similar vein of like the satire. Mm-hmm. Um, and Basic Instinct I watched for the first time maybe a couple of years ago. I thought that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that always jumps out at me in interviews with him is like where he is from. Isn't he Dutch? Yeah, Danish, Dutch. Yeah. Danish yeah. Dutch. Um, he's always talking about how it like he, he like loves to be free in his culture. Like he doesn't have any problems being naked and you get that story with the starship troopers stuff about the unisex showers where like they would only do it if he also was naked in that scene. So he was nude with them in that shower. Oh, that's amazing. Um, But that like kind of thing is he, I think it allows him to see like the, the differences in the American culture of like our obsession with like violence. So he's Mm. like, yeah, like let's just give, give that in the movie. Um, so I think from the outside, it's just so easy for him to make these kind of satirical, not that he's like the one who wrote the movie, but he has to guide that message in the direction of the film. I think it it totally comes across in, in this era of films with showgirls in particular, I did not love when I rewatched. So that just movie just failed on every front for me. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so I do not love, sh- I'm not in the showgirls is a great movie camp. I'm right. the total opposite. I think it sucks. Um, but so for, for most of his movies that I've seen, they definitely come with a smart eye from mm. his, Ooh. his side of the pond. Catcher as our, uh, non American, yeah. uh, accurate depiction of American culture. I don't know. It's kind of hard to like, <laughs> like, yes, I'm not American, but like so much of, like Canadian culture is like filtered through or directly from the U S. So it's, it's sort of hard. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's much easier for someone from like Europe to like dissect what is America versus like what a Canadian might think. But it, I mean, does this feel like America? Yeah, it does. (laughs) Like it does. It a hundred percent does. The obsession, the over violence, yeah, of course. Like, right. I, I mean, just, yeah. I mean, I, well, how else to say that? Like, it definitely does. <laughs> yeah. The the violence in this movie is so over the top and also so hilarious to me. And like, which I'm assuming was by design as well. Like, I was watching it. Tara was doing some work. I was watching it uh, on our couch. And like at the first ED... ED 240 scene, is that what it is? ED 209. ED 209 scene where they're doing the training and like, you know, the bot starts like freaking out and the guy drops his gun, it doesn't work. I like just started audibly laughing because I was like, you knew it was going to happen, but to the level that it happened, it was too insane. And then Mm -hmm. I just hear Tara like walk up and like shut the door (laughs) to the room because she was working and like didn't even hear me laughing and screaming and guns and all sort of stuff. Uh, But the mood like it's so so funny in that scene <clears throat> and then he kind of flips it on its head which i love when directors do this uh later when um when uh, murphy uh when he like gets mur- di- murdered essentially by like uh by red from that 70s show um <laughs> uh it's like funny at first because like they oh they get the hand but then like it becomes like like very very dark very very quickly 
Uh, and I'm assuming all that, I mean, that stuff was obviously not in the made-for-TV version, and I'm assuming a lot of that was not in the original theatrical version. Right. But seeing it now, like, um, it's a little trick that that Verhoeven plays where, like, yeah, it was, like, kind of funny at first. Like, it was, like, this robot, like, freaking out and all this sort of having a glitch. Uh, and then they do it, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, and it's, like, very, very horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they turn it on its head again with, like, um, you know, the, some of the, when he's RoboCop is like breaking up robberies and then it flips again when more people get killed, like the way he kind of twists and turns the viewer to laugh and be like mortified at various parts of the movie, Ooh. I think was so, so clever. Um, and adds so much like weight, weight to the movie. It's, it's funny too. I remember you were asking in, I think the bat and spider discord about like the, which direct, which version yeah. is the one to watch. And it's, this is one of the few versions, few movies I think like the director's cut is the one most have seen. Mm-hmm. Like I think it would have been difficult to track down the um, original theatrical. So in the 4K we have, they actually have the made for TV version included. Like you can watch mm. the version that I watched on like PHL 17 growing up mm. and it's fun. Like seeing obviously like the, when they, I think they edit out like scumbag like that was a bad word back then. Like, can you imagine scumbag being like banned from television? Right. Um, and the Kenny and the Kenny, the guy who got shot up with the attitude on the Kenny scene. So you could, you probably noticed it on the 4k because some of the shots looked way grainier. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kenny getting shot for another five seconds was like that extra unrated edition. And like looking back, it's like, it's nothing like mm. compared to what we have seen in, in movies. I think his hand getting shot off also was added in and when Boddicker is Bo Digger, whatever you call him, <laughs> Bo, Bo, Bo when he's above Robocop in the water yeah, and he shoots that thing into his neck and yeah. the blood comes down oh. and he reacts to that, like that was not in the original version. You can kind of see that in the, oh, in the 4K. It's super grainy. Um, but yeah, like the, the director's cut. And I remember as a kid trying to track those down. And seeing the scenes, because at that, at that time, I was able to find, like, the RoboCop Archive website was one that I was on a ton as a kid, mm. and it hasn't been updated visually since I was a kid. So if you ever go to RoboCopArchive.com, you can see. But, like, seeing the stills of, like, the deleted scenes, I think, were the first times I did end up seeing those shots. And it was just, like, any on the mock of Delta City, like, blood. And I was going to point out, too, the other scene that makes that was about you like the laughter in the violence when RoboCop finally murders Dick Jones, like shoots him (laughs) through the glass. (laughs) The one thing that jumped out at me at this viewing was the one living executive who, uh, who was, who made it to the end. He like stands up with glee as Dick Jones is like falling out of the building. He's like, yes. And then he starts (laughs) clapping and he gives RoboCop the thumbs up at the end. I was so surreal seeing that. And that was just one thing that I zoned in on this, on this viewing. So the, the the comedy aspect and the violence was so prevalent. Catcher, any favorite moments uh, along those lines? Uh, Specifically along those lines? No. Cause like this time I watching it was just all about how awesome Peter Weller is in this movie. Like it's crazy to me that he manages to, just make this robot feel real like this movie very easily could have sucked like it very like if you just think about even like your description of like the guys like i need to make this look more like a robot like this very easily could have been a shitty b movie that looked terrible and the costume for one like i said earlier just looks amazing but like 
Peter Weller's performance absolutely Ugh. sells the whole thing in a way that like I was really not expecting and was just like super fell in love with in this viewing. I was just like, wow. Imagine trying to act with that much shit on your body. Like heavy. Oh, it was like yeah. it just it would be impossible. It would be impossible. And he makes it look effortless. Um, which from my understanding took a lot of effort. So congrats to Peter. All the lip all the lip acting oh, he was God. doing with those lips. Unbelievable. <laughs> he has the perfect shape for that. The perfect shape. It could have been a terrible movie. Like yeah. any one of these pieces could go wrong. Totally. Yeah. They cast anyone but Peter Weller. You know, they cast Arnold in that suit. What yeah. is that even gonna look like? Like shit he, he is what it would have been like, like trash. Yeah. You could have barely walked I, at the time, you know? <laughs> So to so also, the music is fantastic. Oh, in this movie awesome! Too. Yeah. yeah, so good. It's amazing, especially when he's running through the the house and he's having the memories of his yeah. family and he's oh, emoting. Yes. He's like doing that robot like I'm having a mental <laughs> breakdown walk. He's like the he's gift, like moving yeah. his shoulders up and down like so good. And I think on 70 mm when we covered this, we I can't remember if we brought this up, but some of the thinking too is about like the christ-like nature i think for him yeah. also zeroes in on that a lot like when robocop is walking through the water but he's like stepping on the water because yeah. it's not like deep enough um visually like one of the shots that jumped out at me that one but then also when we're the cops finally turn on him yes and are shooting him in that parking garage yes. yeah and he's like on one knee and his hand is like outstretched there's like gray fog behind him he's getting shot like just vi visually, it's incredible. Like, yeah. Apart from the story, visually, it's dynamite. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the opening sequence through the police station was awesome. Like, so much movement, like, going in and out of the set, like, through the, through the locker rooms, all the way to, like, their surveillance room and all sort of stuff. Like, it was so cool to see all that movement, especially when you think of, like, <clears throat> you know, not to be that guy, but when you think of, like, or when I think of 80s movies, I don't think, like, cinematography or like mm. you know capital f filmmaking it's always Ooh, just like right. about like the vibes of an 80s movie and this like robocop captures both really really well um and is like in his understated a way i think because there's so much going on like the music there's the the world you're living in the costumes all that sort of stuff sort of adds to there are a lot of things to distract you from the things that are happening behind the lens um but it, but it's all there and mm -hmm. and the effects look incredible like on par with uh like Cronenberg type stuff. I was thinking like when the guy like gets knocked in the acid and comes out, I mean, that was crazy. Oh, so good. Like yeah. the surgery scene is crazy. Like all the sorts of stuff. I mean, Robocop himself looks amazing. Like when he takes off the helmet, finally, like mm -hmm. that look would look like, imagine if Disney did this today on Disney plus with, uh, <laughs> With, with Favreau behind behind the wheel. Enough! Don't, oh my don't, god! Don't put this into the into the universe. Thank you. Thank you. This is an inside nugget, and maybe you can you can edit this out if you want. But Kurtz, who is a member of yes. our group of friends, and he's in the member of the VHS Village Discord, his mom went to prom with the guy what? who was demolished by the radioactive. No, <laughs> yeah, I did not know amazing. that. That's hey. real. So the cinematographer, I looked. The cinematographer for this did Das Boot. Oh, and okay. also followed Verhoeven for uh, Soldier of Orange, mm. Danish movie he did, but also Showgirls, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, oh, wow. and RoboCop. So pretty, pretty seasoned. And the never-ending story. Look at that, huh? 19, oh my God! Yeah, you're right. 1984. Yeah. My goodness, what a what a lineup. Uh, before we move on, I'll say back to to Peter Weller as RoboCop. I, I wrote a note down saying that like the emotion you get 
out of just his lifts <laughs> and his body movement <laughs> elevated the character so much yeah. to where I'm like, why couldn't they just like, I, I don't like, I'm not a fan of Mandalorian or Boba Fett because I can't get connected to them. Like mm. I, I had, I had a lot of trouble getting connected to Mando's Mando because like you couldn't see his face. And I'm not saying like there are examples of great acting without seeing their face. Like I think V for Vendetta is a very good example of that. But like, just because Mando is obviously much more closer to mind. I'm like, if they just gave him lips, <laughs> I could connect so much more to the character. Mando's lips. Oh my <laughs> give, God. Give me, give me Pedro Pas or not. Is it Pedro Pascal? Who's behind is, that? Yeah, Pedro. Pedro, give me Pedro's lips. Well, he doesn't you, have clean lips. He's got like a goatee and a mustache. Yeah, well, so you'd be zeroing in on like, you know, the hair whiskers. floating around his lips. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'd get 4K some. 4K whiskers. <laughs> It, it was fun to go back and watch this. Um, you know, the 1080p, the HD version looks incredible. The 4K okay. also looks good. Um, but the 4K of his suit, like, you can oh. really zero in on, like, the paint on his, yeah. like, chin piece. The colors pop so hard on his uh, his whole outfit. Like, yes. the purple hues, which get really amped up in RoboCop 2. Mm. But it's gorgeous stuff. Gorgeous stuff. The, the only part where I thought the practicals didn't work in the favor of 4k is a scene where he's running away from um ed 209 and ed 209 like falls down the steps and it, i mean it's comedy also like he's kind of schooling like a pig or right. whatever but like that's when i'm like okay how much did that stairwell grow or how much did that robot shrink to land in the spot because <laughs> i think it's huge and it fits through these doorways uh that's the only time i thought but it also looked good like they use what a stop motion effects or whatever yeah, to, to tip it pull that off tip it from mad god fame oh yeah. really yeah and up. star wars and jurassic park god. stuff that adds up uh mm -hmm. catcher what else about robocop oh just this amazing line just in terms of like sort of the humor and the over topness is this idea that like Robocop will single-handedly end crime in 40 days is like was the funniest <laughs> funniest thing to me I was just like what and you're just like okay this is perfectly sums up like the vibe of this movie um but just like there's so many little lines of dialogue like that uh -huh. throughout um bitches leave hands like is so great is such like a perfect shorthand funny line slim any final thoughts before uh we get to uh before we get to our categories L last thing i'll say is i love that dick jones has a button that opens his office doors like can you imagine getting that big where you have a button that opens up your doors and closes them my god it, install that dream. on your in your basement office you have the power. You can hear my wife throwing up at the idea. <laughs> no way. You hear James like taking steps down to you to ask for more V bucks for Fortnite. You just oh hit the button, God. door shuts. I just no. I just get the email that my PayPal deducted ten dollars, ten dollars, ten dollars. I wanted to shout out the scene where I think RoboCop. Yeah, when he first shows up, when you first see him in action, in the, uh, in the. Uh, in the liquor store, in liquor the store, convenience store. Yeah, and the guy, he's just yelling, "Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me!" Just <laughs> over and over and over again. Like, mm -hmm. oh my god, 
That's so funny. Is that also where the, uh, the noise where he like opens up those doors and you hear that like synth, like that weird synth noise? Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. So yeah. cool. They do a lot of things like that. Like the shot where um, they are, he's stopping the two men from, uh, you know, the, the rape attempt against that woman. And he has that shot of his shadow, like that Batman esque oh shot, God. a shadow up against so the wall, and he just clunks over. And which reminded me of, I meant to bring up earlier, like, the act, the, the slow gunfights work so well. Like the finale is super slow. I mean, parts of it are super slow, especially when he's walking through like that warehouse or whatever. And he's just walking through like blasting people who yeah. definitely could have gotten away at some point, but he's still blasting them. <laughs> uh, every other second, there's a Wilhelm scream, but it works. Like it's so cool. Yeah. Like you get so immersed into the character and like the armor and all that sort of stuff that you're not bothered by a really slow action sequence when you're used to just like guns mm -hmm. blazing, rolling all over the place. Um, it's, I mean, it just shows, you know, craft in a yeah. movie that people, like you said, three point, whatever, something on letterbox, people toss it away as just trash eighties movie, but it's like a high form art, you know, mm -hmm. that's what's in the criteria. I'm going to, I'm going to shadow ban anyone that rates this 3.5 stars or lower. God, that's happening right now. I'm doing it right now on Letterbox. Trying to think if there are any other ones. The Ed 209 stop motion. Uh, I mean, the guy, the actor, I can't remember the, the guy's name, the actor from Twin Peaks is in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when the nuclear man, like, grabs on, he, like, turns oh, okay. the corner and he, like, hangs <laughs> on him. He's like, don't touch me, man! <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> so good. That guy was awesome in general. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, the cast of characters Miguel are so Ferrer. well casted. Yeah, it's incredible. He and he's in a Romeo plus Juliet. I believe he's the uh, chaplain, right? Another I don't know about that. Seventy millimeter movie. No, it's not him. That's not him. Miguel Ferrer is a different actor. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Twin Peaks. <laughs> cut that all out. Yeah, cut it out. <laughs> Delete this. Um, let's get to our categories. If this is the, your first time listening, welcome. Thank you. Uh, in Synonauts, we wrap up our conversation about the film with two categories. The first being our criterion moment, which is the scene or sequence in which we think the reason uh, this film was added into the criterion and Robocop, like we said, is in the criterion collection. So, uh, Slim, what is the moment, criterion moment for you? I was thinking about this. I feel like it's, I think it's the news, the, the news breaks. Mm -hmm. I think the initial news break sets the tone for the movie like what you're going to get into and it's smart enough to to get into the criterion i feel like that's that's my pick like that uh that was also going to be my pick so oh. i'm going to move to a backup pick i know it's never <laughs> fun when it gets taken uh my backup pick is the uh scene that you alluded to earlier slim where he's he goes back to his home to like figure out like oh. what happened to him yes again and like catcher said it too like that scene should be so stupid. <laughs> and like, there are parts where it is, but not enough to pull you out of it in any way. Uh, I actually immediately thought of After Yang, uh, a movie that Slim and I both liked. Uh, that, that is, is, did that get wide released? It did, right? Or pseudo released? Uh, yeah, pseudo A24 or whatever. Released. Yeah, with uh, Colin Neon. Farrell. Um, I forget who else is in that. Um, there, there's some moments like that where it actually reminded me of it. I, I have to believe After Life or After Yang you know there was some inspiration pulled from this but uh yeah i picked it because it just like it shouldn't work uh and it should be so dumb um but it's great like and they tell you just enough about what happened with his family and 
the life he used to have and all that sort of stuff to really make you feel um, for Murphy um, and, you know, Murphy slash RoboCop. And I just, I just thought that was a really, really well done scene. So that's mm, my pick. Totally. Catcher. Totally. Um, my scene is the scene where um, he's been like taken out by the cops and they, uh, his partner takes him to that warehouse and she like brings him the gun and ta- he, rev- he takes his mask off for the first time. And they have that sort of mm-hmm. conversation and he's talking about how like he wants to know about like Murphy's life. And he has this line where it's like, I, I don't rem-, like she talks about his family and he's like, I don't remember them, but I feel them. And I'm just like, mm. this much emotion has no business being in this movie. Um, and the fact that he is covered again, I can't like stress this enough, like the prosthetics attached to the back of his head looks so good and there's so much stuff happening and he pulled like the emotions are right there you just you're right there with him you like you feel for him this guy who's basically like lost everything and become this puppet for other people's bullshit um Mm. and he's just like it's this moment where he sort of like transcends what he feels like like sort of his programming you know to become more himself um which then like leads him the rest of the movie to like not be wearing the helmet at all in the middle of the day. Like the bravery <laughs> on display from filmmakers to like put that suit in broad daylight with the back of his head exposed yeah. that way. And it looks amazing. Like it looks incredible. Um, so yeah, that yep. scene where he takes his mask off and becomes human again is the one. His lips. His, his lip. lips unmatched in history. Uh, yeah, for sure. Second category is uh, our satellite pick. So this is when uh, satellite pick is where we pick a movie. Uh, we pick a movie that we think was influenced or reminded us of said Criterion film because Criterion movies, they're all uh, influential and that's why they're all uh, added to the collection. So uh, reverse order catcher. What is your satellite pick? Oh, Ian, you're going to be so mad. Um, Robots trying to understand their humanity. Uh, I mean, there's like two movies I thought of. The first one I thought of was uh, Clockwork Orange, because I like the idea of sort of like a sci-fi, whatever, sci-fi satire. Um, And that scene from the rape, that rape scene reminds me very much of like Clockwork Orange with the dance, with the sort of like dancey fight scene. But I have to, I have to go with Blade Runner 2049. I think it's... Oh, God. I have to. I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. For one, Sicko. It, yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I just think it's like, of all the movies I could think of in terms of like truly trying to explore what it means to be a human being, like Blade Runner 2049 does that better than almost anything. Um. Yeah, it made me it made me wonder why I was being a human being watching that movie. That's <laughs> yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's no, I pick. love that for you, catcher. Thank you. Uh, I also was going to say Clockwork Orange. Actually, amazing. Um, okay. So I got scooped twice. No, no, uh, go. So Clockwork go Orange. Ahead. Cut that part out and scoop it for yourself. No, no, no. It's fine. Clockwork Orange for me. Uh, just the over. Uh, uh, you know, the oversaturation of violence and how, you know, I think in particular when they're all laughing, shooting Murphy, um, that reminded me just a ton of Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. So uh, I put that in there. Um, and then also 
to plug 70 mm and Cynonauts. Mm. Uh, I think Akira is actually a, a good match for this movie too. Mm. Um, we talked about Akira um, a couple like a while ago, like a year, oh, a little over a year ago. You can go check that out uh, in 70 millimeter. Um, they'll be dropping their Akira episode this Monday, but. I think there's a lot of Akira vibes, um, not only because I think both movies were 80s, like cyberpunk, sci-fi, highly influential in the genre moving forward. But, you know, both are about people who sort of gain these powers they don't necessarily want. Uh, it's about trying to figure out who you were before you've got these powers, all that sort of stuff. So uh, I, th I think Akira and Clockwork Orange are, are two good picks for it. Mm. Slim. Oh, boy. I was trying to think of 90s. I'm still in that 90s mm. action mode. Mm -hmm, so I mm -hmm. thought of one that I remember loving as a kid. It actually showed up in the like similar films list mm. under RoboCop. Mm. And I agreed. That I, I thought of it before I even saw that. But uh, directed by Marco Brambia. Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, Sandra Bullock, Demolition Man, oh. 1993. I feel like you get a little bit of that satire, a futuristic police force, um, you know, someone who's a man out of time, so to speak. Not as not as good, at least in my memory, mm -hmm. of the RoboCop satire and commentary on modern society, but I think it's like an alternate universe. I mean, the whole world is run by Taco Bell. <laughs> Am I correct? Taco right? <laughs> right? Like, isn't Taco Bell like the major? They run the it's whole like world, the fast food wars. They're a big, wars. Part, a big part like of the movie, right? The most popular restaurant, upscale restaurant you could eat at is, yeah. is the Taco Bell. <laughs> That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of commentary on the future of America type stuff. Yeah. Nice. I mean, Sylvester looks amazing in that movie. Wesley looks amazing. Sandra looks mm. amazing in that movie. Well, when does she not? That's real. true. That's when true. When she not? Peak Sandra. Actually, did Sandra ever leave her peak? I feel like you were re-peaking nah, right She's still now. in it. She's still in it. 30-year peak. Never been done. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Peter Weller's lips. Is he, is he still alive? Peak lips. Peak yeah, lips. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he did the voice for like the video game that they announced that's coming oh. out in like five years or whatever. Yeah, and like I, I think I saw this in, in one of our discords. Like, Why would you do a RoboCop game when you can't see RoboCop? The best part of a RoboCop game is being RoboCop, RoboCop and seeing you like mm. walk around. Why would you do it first person shooter? I don't know. That's just because it, it doesn't. It looks like it'll just be a regular average game, but hopefully yeah. it's something different. Yeah, twenty bucks on Steam in two weeks. Well, that's it. Uh, so Catcher and I haven't explicitly classic fashion talked about what we're going to do next week. Catcher, I was thinking, should we try and knock out Prey? Should we do it? Oh, if you, I am a hundred percent. I am so a hundred percent down. If that's if that's what you want to do, I'm a hundred percent into it. Okay, yeah, for sure. Okay, let's. Okay, let's do it. Oh let's my do, god! Yes, we'll do Prey. There it is. <laughs> I will do Prey. I was I was hoping that maybe like I could get us to do the pairings anyways, like the ones that we just did, because I was like, this will be my chance to get mm. me into do twenty forty nine. But I would be willing to give that up just to do prey. So I'm fine with that. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. He's a giver. He's yeah. a giver. A big our time sweet giver. Our sweet boy. A, catch, uh, a catcher and a giver. Sacrificing his <laughs> sacrificing his body like Murphy. Yeah. To yes. save the, the podcast. My hands up in the air. Uh, <laughs> uh, Slim, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, it only took you a year and a half. And, and don't listen to Slim's rhetoric. We've invited him 
countless times onto the show. I'll check the DMs. Maybe there was one invite that we were doing for 70mm, so I I politely declined. I invited you to uh, Point Break. Oh, That's yeah, what it, was. it was Point Break, because I, I felt like that, that was going to be That was going to be coming up, so, uh, but I respect the, the programming ahead of time, you know? Thank you. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate the invite. Uh, it was uh, for those of you, for those listening that haven't listened to Ian yet on the Stranger Things episode, mm. season four of 70mm, that was a lot of fun. Talked about the entire season together. Uh, is this the first time Ketcher and I have ever podcasted? No, together? you had a Faves. The, yeah, Faves is the, faves? Faves was yeah, the yeah, only yeah. time. Because IMAX theater. We had, two, that, we had the 2001 episode, that's right. And the Faves so one, cool. yeah. Yeah, I'm just waiting, Listen, Slim. Anytime, Slim. I'm just patiently waiting for my time to get the call. It's fine. Oh my god! For seventy mm, yeah, when you're I, always yeah. in the back of my mind. It's got to, it's got to line up for the themes. Can I tell you? I already know you and Danny are conspiring to do first man, aren't you? No, but that sounds Isn't that, great. Is that true? No, that can't possibly be true. <laughs> but I would love to do. What was the other? You were conspiring. I was conspiring, but I don't think it was first man. I think it was well, well, maybe speed. No, speed racer. You guys did already. Oh, Lost in Space, I watched the other day, and I think would be a, even if I'm not on the show, would be absolutely perfect. Absolutely, absolutely perfect for the show. It doesn't have to be me, but you guys need to cover that movie immediately. Like, find a way to slip it into programming, because that is going to be a hilarious episode. It's going to be. There was also Zodiac, too, wasn't Zodiac? Oh, Zodiac, was Zodiac is the one I've been waiting for, yeah. Zodiac is but a, yeah. then we have to like plan serial killers month, yeah. and I don't know how that's gonna fly. That's what, you know, for an entire month devoted to murderers. You could do do Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> do, do do Iron Man two, <laughs> yeah. uh, Chaplin, Zodiac, and Chaplin. You're good. That's perfect. Yeah. Chaplin, yeah. and then uh, and then like Tropic Thunder, just to see how that goes. Tell you what, catcher. Once you get on that fiber internet, <laughs> yes, the, you're gonna shoot up the list for the potential guests for 70 mm. Yeah, you better get off that island. You, you think you think Slim and the and the village is gonna deal with this he nonsense of live recording? Absolutely oh not. Yeah, the 56k bandwidth that is piping through wherever catcher is at. Right I can't now. wait to see how much of uh, how much of I actually get onto this episode. Like this might just be an Ian and Slim episode. <laughs> After the edit is You'll over. You'll make it. It's going to be great. You'll make it. I'm going to have to pull an H and fake fake laughs from me and Slim. Uh, <laughs> Do some punch-ins. Yeah, right. yeah, punches if we miss some stuff. But <laughs> pull, make it work. pull stuff from old uh, episodes. It'll be great. You can uh-huh. you can listen to Slim weekly. Tw- twice a week, actually. Uh, on the Letterbox show, where they talk about people's four favorite movies, and they talk about the weekend watch. Oh, the... Three three times a week, I guess, it's right? Th- it's three it's times. It's three now, yeah. I was yeah. about to correct you, but right, I didn't sorry. want to correct someone no. on the amount of times they can listen to my nasal voice every week. It's not worth it. Not worth uh, the effort. Uh, they have four faves. We just did, we just had Paul Shear on an episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone listens to How Did This Get Made? Uh, that was a fun episode. And then Weekend Watch List, Thursdays, we we talk about the movies that are coming out in theaters and streaming to to help people add to their watch list. Uh, and then 70MM, you know, mm-hmm. join our Discord. It's a very fun inclusive environment and you want to find other people that love movies just like you do mm-hmm. and you can follow where what are you on twitter now you always change it or is it back to at slim a, a, I, you know i never changed it on twitter slim oh. is still the twitter name ig i changed it um but yeah you can follow me on twitter but follow 70 mm and then you can see everything from there perfect uh well thank you slim thank you i appreciate you for uh talking to us about your favorite movie i know it's a scary thought Imagine if I'd come on to 
70 millimeter to talk about Armageddon. My God. I, w- I would have hung up halfway <laughs> have through. Have you even listened to our Armageddon I, That's the only yet? episode I haven't listened to. He's afraid. I can't have, He's afraid. I can't have three of my closest friends just bashing, uh, you know, one of my favorite movies. Although maybe uh-huh. it's my punishment from Danny after uh, me slandering uh, Petit Maman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.